Well, this is the fourth and final week on our series on the Holy Spirit. Last week, we had a week off as we welcome Mike Foster and people to Second Chance here. And today, we're going to be finishing off this series as we gear up for the month of September, which is going to be a series on parenthood. Uh, and then next week will be a, 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 just an open message. But I want to finish the message today because I really believe there's a powerful thing that can take place when you become friends with the Holy Spirit. When you build a dynamic relationship, when you become best friends with God's spirit, powerful, powerful things begin to take place on earth. I hear the music. It's dancing. Was that you, Tom? Oh, <laughs> uh, I was almost like what they turned into a disco up here. About a year ago, my wife and I moved into a little townhouse, and, and uh, uh, there's a little, like, side room there. It doesn't have a door. It's like a side room for, like, an extra office or, 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 or dining room or something. And we decided to turn it into a guest room. And so we got this cheap little Chinese wall that we put up for guests, and there's absolutely no privacy at all when people come stay at our house because of this, this little room. But my wife was really passionate. She wanted to go get a new comforter for the room. Uh, she wanted this really, you know, just beautiful looking comforter with these big, beautiful pillows. And you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, guys. And she got this home and it was beautiful. I mean, it was like, it looked soft. It looked cozy. It looked so comfortable. And I could not, you know, wait to want to take a nap in that room. But how many of you guys understand that uh, there are comforters that you don't sleep on? No matter how soft and cozy and wonderful they look, you don't sleep on them. I mean, we actually have towels in our house that I can't use. You can use them if you come visit. But, you know, me, no. I mean, that's just, you know, and this big, beautiful comforter that, that you can't use because when you go to bed, you have to take it off and fold it up and put it next to the bed. And you can't use this beautiful comforter. And I think, how many of us live our faith that way? God has given us a comforter that we don't use in our faith, that we don't know, we don't have relationship with this wonderful comforter that God has given us. In John chapter 14, 15, and 16, and if you want to follow in your notes, that all of the scriptures in your worship pack, or you can go to YouVersion uh, on your mobile uh, device, and you can download Friendship of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the live events, all of our notes and scriptures on YouVersion. Uh, John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is having a private conversation with the disciples. This is his final words. These are his most important truths he's trying to impart to the disciples before the crucifixion begins. So these are the words you really want to pay attention to because these are his final moments, getting these guys ready, giving them the final thoughts, giving them their most important truths. And four times in this story, Jesus uses a word advocate. Uh, a Greek word that is parakletos, the word advocate, talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you three of those times right now. John chapter 14, verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. The Holy Spirit will never leave us. John 15, verse 26, But I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And then in John 16, the next chapter, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him 
to you. What Jesus was saying, we heard Pastor Dan talk about this a couple weeks ago. What Jesus is saying is it's better for you that I leave so that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God can come and be with you. And why is that better? Because Jesus spent three years working with these disciples, but Jesus was limited to working outside in. And on the most critical night of Jesus's life, they all betrayed and left him and abandoned him. And then Jesus said, it's better for you that I go because I'm limited to work outside in. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will be inside of you and he will work from the inside out. And that's why. And this Greek word parakletos that, that Jesus uses here for the, for the word advocate has three meanings to the, to the word parakletos. One meaning is comforter. We talked about that a moment ago. The comforter, helper. An advocate. Those are the three meanings of the word parakletos. So let me ask you, in the world we live in today with all the drama and all the financial insecurity and, and, and the career situations and family situations and marriage situations, wouldn't it be nice every once in a while to have a comforter when all hell is breaking loose in your life just to be able to whisper in your ear, it's all going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be with you. I mean, no, it'd be nice to have a comforter every once in a while. How many know it'd be nice to have a helper when you don't know what to do? You don't know where to turn. You don't know what decision to make somebody to whisper in your ear. This is what you should do. Let me help you. I'm God. I know all things. I have all knowledge and all power. Let me help you figure this out. How incredible would it be to have an advocate, somebody that will defend you, somebody that will fight for you, somebody that will stand by you, the advocate. And the Bible says this, the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who is with us today, part of the Trinity. He is God. He is a helper. He is a comforter. And he is an advocate. And so many people in the church today want nothing to do with the Holy Spirit because they saw some weirdness on television. Or they heard about some goofy, freaky, weird church down the street. And they saw all this goofiness attached to them. And so they shy away and they don't talk about them. They, 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 you know, they, they, they act like he's the weird uncle at the family reunion. You know, he's family and you've got to tolerate him. But no one really wants to be around him. And so many people view the Holy Spirit that way. He is God. He is a helper. He is a comforter. He is a gentleman. He will never make you do anything you don't want to do. He may ask you to do some stuff, but all that weirdness and goofiness you see, Holy Spirit will never make you do anything you don't want to do. He is gentle. He is kind. He is a comforter. He is a helper. He is an advocate. Yes, he'll ask you to do stuff that makes you uncomfortable. He will never force you to do anything. And so many people, because of some weirdness that they've seen somewhere along in their life's journey, they say, well, you know, I like God, but let me just stay away from all that Holy Spirit stuff because I've seen some weirdness. And I want you to take an honest look at the Holy Spirit and who he is and the benefits that you can have in your life from being his friend. So I'm going to talk about five benefits. There's more benefits than this. I'm just going to do five highlights that that are kind of my personal fave five benefits of of having a dynamic friendship with the Holy Spirit. When you really become friends with the Holy Spirit, there are some incredible benefits to your life. Number one, he will teach you. He will teach you. And let me explain something. He's an expert on every subject. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit is an expert on absolutely every subject you could ever want to learn, and he wants to teach you. That's incredible to think about. 
that you have God that knows everything, that created everything, who is an expert on everything, living inside of you, wanting to teach you. Let me show you three ways that he teaches you. If you look at letter A, uh, it says, He will bring all things to your mind. John chapter 14, verse 26. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Have you ever wondered how the disciples could write the gospel so accurately years after Jesus went on to be to heaven? Because the Holy Spirit reminded them of everything. The Holy Spirit brought it to their mind. Everything they needed to know, the Holy Spirit reminded them so that this word could be infallible, this word could be inspired, this could be the actual word of God. Even though the Holy Spirit wrote it through human beings, this book is perfect because he brought it to their mind. He's an expert. He gives you the words. Ever been in a situation and you didn't know what to say and someone's pouring out their heart and they're pouring out their problems and all of a sudden you just feel like God gives you these words and you say it and they say, wow, that is exactly what I needed to hear. See, the Holy Spirit brings that stuff to your mind. And when you build that relationship and you really get to know him and he really begins incredible things, you know what else he does? And you're going to love this because this will really help your marriage. He'll tell you when to stay quiet sometimes. Ever been in a conversation in marriage and you're wanting to say something and, 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 and you blurt it out and then you wish you could take that back? See, when you get to know the Holy Spirit, sometimes he'll whisper in your ear, I wouldn't say that right now if I were you. In fact, I would go ahead and take her out to dinner if I were you. My wife wishes I would listen to the Holy Spirit more. No, I'm kidding. No, she's not. I mean, I'm telling you, you become friends with the Holy Spirit. There's incredible benefits to your marriage, to your family, because he'll teach you and he's an expert. and He'll give you the words to say and he'll tell you when to keep your mouth shut and he will help you. It's incredible. What else? He'll guide you in all truth. John chapter 16 and verse 13, the first part of it. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. We live in a world full of lies, full of deceit, full of deception. And you have the Holy Spirit of God that will guide you into all truth. You have the father of lies, the enemy, whispering in your ears constantly lies. You're no good. You're worthless. You're, you're this. You're that. Well, you've got the spirit of truth living inside of you telling you you are righteous. You are a child of God. You are one. The problem is we don't hear him. We're not in a position to hear him, so we're not hearing truth. What else will he do? I love this one. This, this, this one, some of you businessmen really need to pay attention to. He will tell you things to come. Look at the last part of verse 13 in John 16. He will tell you about the future. He will tell you, the Bible says he will tell you about. Have you ever been blindsided and thought, I wish I would have known that earlier? I wish I would have known that if I would have just had that bit of information or just known that this would happen, then I wouldn't have made that decision. And it would have saved me a whole world of heartache and headache if I could have just known a little ahead of time. The Holy Spirit will tell you. Again, the problem is we're not listening. The problem is we don't have a relationship. We don't have a dynamic relationship and friendship with him. And we're missing out on benefits of being friends with him because we don't take the time to get to know him. But he will guide you. He will tell you things that only he knows because he knows all things. Let me tell you the story of Demas Shakarian. He founded Full Gospel Businessmen. 
in, in the Los Angeles area that became a national ministry. Well, he was an immigrant that moved to America years ago and, and, and really a self-made man who made, made a fortune. But if you listen to him tell the story, he made a fortune because of his relationship with the Holy Spirit. He tells the story when he, when he really, you know, made an incredible deal. He was driving from Palm Springs to Los Angeles. This was years ago. Driving from Palm Springs to Los Angeles, late for a business meeting, and the Holy Spirit says, he's just driving down the road, talking to the Holy Spirit, and this guy had a really, anyone that knew him will tell you, he had a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. He was friends with the Holy Spirit. They talked. I mean, they, they, were, they were on that level of, rela- they talked. And guess what? That's the level every one of us have an opportunity to be at. This is not for a special select few. The Holy Spirit wants this with you. The Bible is very clear. They just talk. So he's driving down. The Holy Spirit says, get off the freeway. He got off the freeway. Middle of nowhere. There's, there's not even a, the, the, the exit was just one road that just went up to the top of the hill and then ended. So he drives up to the top of the hill. The road ends. He gets out of the car. He's sitting on the hood of the car. And he's arguing with the Holy Spirit now because he's frustrated because he's late for a meeting. And he's like, what? What do you want? What do you want to say? I'm here. I'm ready. I'm willing. Tell me what you want to say because I've got to get to a meeting. And so he's sitting on the hood of his car, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gives him a vision about the future. And sitting on that car, he's looking in this valley, which is just farmland and apple orchards. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gives him a vision, and he sees a city. He sees streetlights. He sees a bank, a post office, a school, a grocery store, housing communities. And that was it. That was all the Holy Spirit showed him. Well, being a businessman, he knew exactly what to do. He went and he bought every piece of land he could buy from every farmer in the area. And as the city of Los Angeles began to grow and began to expand, he sold it off piece by piece. And the land he bought was the city of Fontana today. And he made a fortune buying it for pennies on the dollar and selling it off as the city of Los Angeles grew. How many would like to have the Holy Spirit tell you the future? Now, don't get me wrong. He's not a lottery ticket. Don't look at the Holy Spirit as a lottery ticket, but there are incredible benefits to knowing him personally. There are incredible benefits to being friends with the Holy Spirit. Benefits in your career, benefits in your business, benefits in your family, benefits in your, in your marriage. What else, what else will he do? What's another benefit? Number two, he will convict you of righteousness. He will convict you of righteousness. Convict you of righteousness. What does that word convict really mean? Well, let let me explain it like this. I am convicted today. I I am absolutely convicted to my core, my innermost being. I am 100% convicted to my innermost being today that two plus two equals four. I'm convicted of that fact. You can tell me it equals five. I'll tell you you're a liar. Why? Because I am convicted that two plus two equals four. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is he will convict you of your righteousness. Look at this. John chapter 16, verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. One of the beautiful benefits of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to explain in a moment why this is so important. But one of the incredible benefits of the Holy Spirit is he will convict you as a Christian of your righteousness. You are. Are, if you are born again, if you have said yes to Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with God, you are righteous. And it is absolutely critical for you to understand that. 
Because so many believers today struggle with, am I good enough? Does God accept me? Am I trying hard enough? Am I doing enough? You got to understand when the apostle Paul taught about righteousness in the book of, or in, in the book of Romans and throughout his letters, he never used the word righteousness in the Greek form of verb. He always used the word righteousness in the Greek form of noun. Why? Because righteousness is not something that you do. Righteousness is something that you are because of something Christ did for you. You cannot do righteousness. You cannot work hard enough, try hard enough, or earn your righteousness. You are given righteousness because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. He died to secure your righteousness. See, when I was born, I was given a last name. I didn't earn the last name. I didn't work for my last name. I was given a last name. When you are born again, when you experience salvation with Jesus Christ and you put him first in your life and you are saved and born again, you are given a last name by birth. You become righteous. See, my last name as a Christian is righteousness. Not because I'm a good person, because you can ask my wife, I'm not that great of a person. I am righteous today because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And it's important for me to understand that. Because if I don't understand that, I'm never going to know whether I stand with God. I'm never going to be able to really ask God anything in prayer. Because I don't know whether God's going to hear me. I don't know whether God's going to accept me. Have you ever seen a four-year-old walk into his granddad's office? He walks in there like he owns the place. I mean, understand what I'm saying. He will run right into granddaddy's office, throw the door open, doesn't matter what kind of business meeting is going on, jump right in granddad's lap, acts like he, he, he goes in boldly. Well, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 tells us, commands us as believers to come boldly into the throne room of God. Well, you can't go into God's presence boldly unless you know you're righteous. Because if you don't know you're righteous, then you don't know whether God's going to accept you. You don't know whether, whether you belong. You're going to walk in there timid and scared. Is God going to accept me? Do I belong here? Am I good enough to be here? See, the Holy Spirit convinces you that you are righteous so that you can go boldly into the presence of God, acting like you belong. Why? Because you do. You do belong in God's presence because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to, you cannot do. And the beautiful thing is the more the Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness, the more you'll live up to your name. See, if you try to earn righteousness, you'll fail, you'll make mistakes, you'll struggle with sin. But the more the Holy Spirit renews your mind and lets you think righteous, lets you be righteous, the more your actions will follow your thinking. That's why it's critical that the Holy Spirit convicts you of your righteousness because your actions will follow your thinking. If you're trying to do the actions to, to earn your righteousness, you'll never do it. You need the Holy Spirit to convict you of your righteousness. Another benefit of the Holy Spirit, the third benefit I listed, is He will give you power. He will give you power. I am so frustrated at seeing weak Christians everywhere I look. I mean, everywhere you look in the church, you see weak powerless Christians, people who don't have enough power to get over their past, people who don't have enough power to break addictions and, 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 and struggles with sin, whether it's, whether it's drugs or prescription pills or, or stuff on the internet, they just don't have power to break free. They, they don't have enough power to, to let their neighbors know about Jesus Christ or let the people they work with know about Jesus Christ. They're, they're, they're ashamed of God. 
And you say, well, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of God. I'm in church. Let me, let me break it to you. It doesn't take a whole lot of courage to show up to church and proclaim Jesus because we're in a room full of Christians. You know, the question is, do the people you work with know you're a believer? Have you shared the salvation plan with the people you work with? Have you shared with your neighbors that you love Jesus Christ? See, that's the real question of whether or not you're ashamed. Because we can all come into a church and say we love Jesus because everyone else believes the same thing we believe. But when you're out, so let's look at this. Galatians chapter 5. He gives you the power first to overcome sin. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If you allowed the Holy Spirit to guide your life, you wouldn't be doing what the sinful nature craves. Well, how do you allow him to guide your life? You become friends with him. He can't guide you. If he can't speak to you and he can't speak to you, if you're not listening, you know what I'm saying? If you're not friends, if you don't have a relationship with him, he can't guide you. You've got to have a, that's why it's so incredible. It's so, so important for you to have a friendship with the Holy Spirit, to have a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. He'll help you let go of your past. So many people are struggling with, with their past. They were either abused as children or they can't forgive or, 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 or they made terrible mistakes and they sinned and they're trying to get over their past. Well, the Holy Spirit will help you let go of your past. In Galatians 4, the Bible says it like this. Verse 4, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us. God wants to, to buy you from your past. Doesn't matter what your past says, you're a victim. Your past says you're angry. Your past says you're a sinner. Your past says you're. God wants to buy freedom from your past. For those of you that were slaves to the law, so that He could adopt us as His very own children. So, how does God do this? Look at verse 6. And because we are God's children, God sent the Spirit. God sent the Spirit uh, of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. How does God allow you to get over your past? He gives you the spirit that allows you to cry out, Dad. Because until you know God as Abba Father, until you can call God Dad, you really don't know who you are. You, you really don't know what family you belong to. You really don't know if you're accepted or you're good enough. But God puts his spirit in your heart so that you can let go of your past, let go of what you were called, let go of everything you were, and you can step into a new family, the family of God, where God is your father, and you can call him you don't have to be afraid and say, oh, Heavenly Father, I don't know if you... you can just call him Dad. You can have that. That's the type of relationship he wants to have with you. God doesn't want to be your religion. He wants to be your dad. Do you understand that? He does not want to be your religion. He wants to be your dad. He wants a relationship with you. We tried religion. It didn't work. So God sent his son because he said, listen, religion doesn't work. You tried through the law to have a relationship with me, and you never did it, so I'm going to send my son to die for you so that we can have relationships, so that you can call me dad. So the Spirit of God comes inside of us, giving us the ability to say, Dad, Abba, Father. And then he gives us the power to evangelize. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Look at Peter, for example. In one chapter of the Bible, Peter didn't even have the courage to admit he knew Jesus Christ in front of a little girl. And then a couple chapters later, he's preaching in the most public square of the city and 3,000 people accept Jesus Christ. What was the difference? Relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
See, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, when he really got to know the Holy Spirit, it gave him this boldness, this fire, this passion. Let me explain something to you if you did not already know this. Every human being you know right now, every human being that you know right now will spend eternity somewhere. Think about that. Every human being you know right now is going to spend eternity somewhere. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? See, again, we're not here to learn how to become good people. We're here today to learn how to follow Jesus Christ and live out a faith. You want to be a good person, you can join a country club. That's not what this is. We are here today to follow Jesus Christ, to live out a passionate faith, to make a difference for the gospel, to allow our work to make an impact on eternity. Number four, this is one of my favorite ones. He will fill you with God's love. Romans chapter five, verse five, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. Well, how do we know how dearly God loves us? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. One of the primary responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to fill your heart with the father's love. Because when you when you're when you know your dad loves you, you have so much confidence in life. I mean, we all had two friends in high school. We had one friend that never really knew if his dad loved him. And he was always trying to earn his father's love and always trying to work hard enough. And he was always struggling with insecurity. Remember that kid in high school? Never felt good. Maybe you were that kid. I was that kid in high school. Never felt good enough. Always felt like I had to earn it. Never felt like, you know. And then you had another friend in high school who just knew his dad loved him. Remember the confidence he used to walk with? There was an air about him where he just knew, because he knew his dad loved him. I heard President W. Bush say this at one time, and whether you like him or not, this statement is powerful. Somebody asked him one time, they said, how can you make decisions knowing that the whole world will crucify you for that decision? Like, if, you, if you make these decisions, the media is going to blast you. They're going to attack you. They're going to come against you. What gives you the courage to make those decisions when it seems like the entire world is against you? He said, every day of my life, even now, my dad calls me every day and tells me he loves me. So I know no matter what happens, my dad loves me. I know if the whole world hates me, it's okay because my dad loves me. See, that's what the Holy Spirit is there for, to let you know dad loves you. You've got to know dad loves you. God is crazy about you. He loves you so much that, that, that he sacrificed his own son to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much, you were worth the death of his son. That's how much he loves you. He's crazy about you. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you may know that logically, but you're never going to feel that. And until you feel it, you're not going to walk in confidence. You're not going to walk in boldness. You're not going to walk in power because you can't have confidence until you know you're loved. That's why it's critical for you to be friends with the Holy Spirit. It's critical for you to have a dynamic relationship with him because he wants to fill your heart with God's love. He wants you to know how loved you are. He wants you to know how crazy the father is about you. And then the last benefit is he grows his fruit in your life. I love this. Galatians 5, 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
How many know those would be really nice to have in our marriage? Those would be great to have in our family and our parenting. To have those things alive and working. Let me explain something. You can't get those on your own. You cannot manufacture those in your ability or power. Even the one that says self-control, that throws a lot of us off. Because we see self-control and we think what that means is controlling ourselves, and it doesn't. Self-control is not mind power. It's not willpower. It's not controlling yourself. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is not a work of your flesh. You cannot manufacture self-control. You cannot get self-control any other way but having a relationship with the Holy Spirit because it is a fruit of the Spirit. You may have limited seasons of discipline in your life, but to have real self-control, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, not a work of the flesh. How many would like to have some self-control? How many self-control would help every once in a while in our life some of the stupid things we do? That's why it's so critical. I I am so inadequate today to really preach this message because I so passionately want you to understand the benefits of you being friends with the Holy Spirit. let 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 me end with this. Does God really speak to us clearly? Absolutely. Absolutely. The problem is most of us just aren't in a position to hear him. Because we're talking to the wrong person. Let's just be honest. What is the voice of God, the agent of the Trinity, that is speaking to us at this moment in history? The Holy Spirit. That's the agent of the Trinity who is on. Let me explain something. God the Father, he's in heaven right now. God the Son, he's sitting at his right hand. What's the part of God that is speaking to us today on earth? The Holy Spirit. See, some of us aren't listening. He wants to talk to us. He wants to be friends with us. And there's nothing wrong with praying to God and praying to Jesus. But if you want to hear from God, it comes through the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the agent of the Trinity that is speaking on earth today. Does that make sense? I mean, it's all throughout the Bible. It's clear. It's in black and white. If you want to hear from God, you got to know the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we know the voice of the Spirit? Two ways. How does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Number one, through his word. Through the written word, that's the Greek word logos, written word of God, logos. That's why I said earlier, and I'm so burdened that some people in our church don't read their Bible every day. I mean, how, how can you expect to know the Holy Spirit if you're not in his word on a daily basis? How do you get to know the Holy Spirit? Through his word. Do you realize the Holy Spirit wrote this? This was written through the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God wrote this book. It is alive. It speaks to us. You want to know who the Holy Spirit is, what he likes, what he dislikes, what his character, what his nature is? You get to know him through his word. You read Logos. You get in his word, and you get to know the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm passionate about soap, because soap dials us in every day. Because the second way the Holy Spirit speaks is through his voice. That's the Greek word rhema. See, the Greek word logos is the written word of God. The Greek word rhema is the spoken word of God, his voice. Well, let me explain something. If you want to learn how to hear rhema, the voice of God, you got to become familiar with his voice through logos. Uh, let me explain it like this. In this room right now is, is, is a lot of radio signals and radio waves. If I have a radio transmitter, I can tune into the frequency that I want to listen to. That's why, as a church, we are passionate about SOAP, our daily Bible program. Because when you do SOAP in the morning, it helps you tune in to the voice of God so that you can hear Rhema clearly. See, when you get involved with Logos, it gives you the ears to hear Rhema. 
Because there's a lot of voices out there. How do you know what's God? What's you? What's the pizza you ate last night? What's, you know, how do you know the voice of God? You get into Logos. You get into Logos. And let me explain to you why this is so critical for you to get to the point where you hear Rhema. You cannot pray a prayer of faith without Rhema. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God in Romans 10, 17 is the Greek word rhema. Let me explain something about praying in faith. Faith always works. You will never. And I know this is shocking to some people because we have such a weak theology of faith in the church today. You will never pray a prayer of faith and it not happen. And I know you've heard friends that say, well, I really had faith that God was going to do this and he didn't do it. Let me explain. They didn't have faith. They had hope. Logos gives you hope. When you read the Bible, Logos, it tells you what is possible for God to do, which gives you hope that God can do it. You don't have faith until you get a rhema word from God. Until God speaks to you personally, because when you get that rhema word, then you can pray a prayer of faith. Because the Bible says this, faith is the substance, it's the content that what you're hoping for will actually happen. Faith convinces you. Another translation says that what you're hoping for will actually happen. Well, how does it convince you? Rhema word. See, logos gives you hope that it's possible. The rhema word tells you God's going to do it in your life personally. Faith is the substance that what you're hoping for will actually happen. You're going to need to get a rhema word at some point in your life for your children, for your marriage, for your business, for your career. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, if you're not in the word on a daily basis, how are you going to pray that prayer of faith? How are you going to get that rhema word if you don't know his voice? Because you're going to have to pray a prayer of faith sometime and you're going to want to see it happen. You're going to have to get yourself in a position to be in his word, to hear from him. And it takes time. It takes time. You want to be a Christian? You got to spend time with the Holy Spirit. You got to get to know him. You got to study the word, meditate on it day and night. Joshua 1.8 says. Talking to him, building that. Re- you can't build a relationship with somebody you don't spend time with. It's plain and simple. We know that in the natural. Why don't we treat the Holy Spirit the same way? There are incredible benefits to you having the relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know I just named a few, but I hope the Holy Spirit impresses that on your heart. Because He so desperately wants to know you. He so desperately... I mean, think about that. God who created the universe wants to have a relationship with you, a human being. That's amazing to think about. He desperately wants to have a relationship with you. Would you close your head, close your eyes and bow your heads with me? Before we close, I just want to give a quick moment, quick opportunity for anybody here today that would like to make a decision to say yes to Jesus Christ. To take the first step, which is salvation, born again, putting God first in your life. You cannot get to the Father except through Jesus Christ, the Son. There's no other way. There's no other way to have this relationship without going through Jesus Christ. And today, you know spiritually where you're at. You know whether you're right with God or you're not right with God. You, you just know. I mean, you know inside you either have God first in your life or, or God's not first in your life. You've either 
planned your life around God or you haven't, you, you know. And I just want to pray for you. Those of you that want to today make a decision to say yes to Jesus Christ, to put God first in your life. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, would you just raise your hand quickly so that I can see it and say a prayer for you? Just raise your hand right now quickly for me so that I can say a prayer for you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you. The process is simple. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I don't want you to repeat after me. I want you to learn how to pray on your own. The first part of the prayer is you give God an invitation to take first place in your life. So right now in your own words, in your own way, just say, God, I invite you to have first place in my life. The second part of that prayer is just saying, God, forgive me. We've all made mistakes. We're all in need of God's forgiveness. Just say, God, forgive me. And then the last part of that prayer is you just say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Thank you for loving me. Just say thank you to God for everything he's done, for everything he will do. Just say thank you. Now, would you stand with me as we close? I just want to say a prayer over you as we close and before we dismiss you. I feel so inadequate today to talk about this subject because I so desperately want you to know God personally, to know his spirit personally, and to to start seeing those benefits come in your life. But I know that I can't logically persuade you. I can't intellectually stimulate you to do this. If, If the Holy Spirit doesn't speak through me, this message is flat. It's just flat. So I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to, to take the words you've heard today and either impress them upon your heart. Those of you that really need to go to the next level in your relationship with him or begin a relationship with him or just get to know him and see these benefits, you know who you are. Father, in the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ, I invite your spirit right now to speak to us, to take the words that we've heard today and impress them upon our heart to our core that you would begin to give us a hunger and a desire to know you like we don't know you to long for you like we don't long for you to have a relationship with you that quite frankly we didn't even know was possible so reveal your scripture to us let us begin to see truth clearly and Holy Spirit you know where we're at and you know we can't do this without you We can't even know you if you don't help us. This is not something we can do in our natural effort or ability. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us, that you would guide us, that you would give us the next steps to take to really get to know you and to have this relationship with you. Because if you don't help us, we can't do it. So we invite you to help us. And we thank you for being here with us. We thank you for the benefits of knowing you, the the benefits of love and righteousness and power and fruit and, and the benefits of you being our teacher and our helper and our comforter, our advocate. We just thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Let us not neglect you, but let us build a great relationship with you, a dynamic friendship with you. Thank you. In Jesus' name.